You're listening to Age of Reason, brought to you by Frozen Frame Productions. Will we ever understand this complex genius, this visionary thinker? Will we ever get this close again? Uniting the forces of our universe. Hey everyone and welcome to Age of Reason. Today I have another exciting episode for you. And we're going to talk about uh, the essayist and writer Andrew Sullivan who did an interview. And he talked about atheists in a very uh, demeaning way and also in a way that belittles them. So we'll talk about that. Uh, before we jump into the show, uh, again, happy 2019, since it's the first year of, uh, since it's the first show of the year. I'd like to promote my book, uh, Beyond the Obscure, please get it. It's available on Amazon in uh, print and ebook format. It's a very good story and you'll help me a lot by buying it, uh, you know, supporting my art work as well in the Redbubble website would help me a lot. Uh, recently my health condition is kind of up and down. It, it's hard to predict, it's hard to make any plans really, so that's why um, you know even with these shows I usually do them on on Fridays so I have to wake up and see how I feel because sometimes it's not very good so Anyway, it's just been it's just been a rough ride. Okay, so I'm gonna cover this article, and that was posted on the Friendly Atheist website. Uh, the title is Andrew Sullivan claims it's impossible not to have religion if you are a human. Well, wow, that's already a a huge huge statement to begin with. And that was posted in uh, December 13, 2018. So that was posted right before uh, I took my month off break. So. For people who don't know who Andrew Sullivan is, uh, well, the first time I heard of him was he appeared on uh, Real Time with Bill Maher. And on that show, he always came off to me as somebody who is very uh, proud, arrogant, and uh, know-it-all. Which never really sits well with me, these type of uh, people. And it's interesting because uh, I do agree actually with a lot of the articles that he posts, but as we'll see, obviously um, he's not always right. Nobody is. But uh, this is just one of the articles that he wrote and the headline is, we are Trump hostages. He wrote another one, uh, here's where things get dangerous with Trump. Portrait of the president as a con man. And yet he still also writes stories like this if we, want, if we want to end the border crisis, it's time to give Trump his wall. No. <laughs> I mean, we already talked about that many, many times. Uh, the wall is a ridiculous idea. It, it reminds me of when men these days are crying about how, you know, we're losing the influence and we're not doing so well. Well, maybe because it's we suck actually at what we do and perhaps a woman is is better at that particular job so we shouldn't cry about it this is something that we need to 
embrace, uh, this is just part of change. Change is going to happen whether you like it or not. It's just the reality of things. So it's the same thing with the Trump's wall idea. First of all, it's ridiculous to have a wall in the 21st century. And secondly, it's again kind of the last bastion of, of resistance by the, you know, the religious or even, I should say, the, the white people in the States. Of course, not all white people, because I'm an American white person and I do not support the wall. But we know who, th who these people are, okay? They are not even trying very hard to disguise themselves. Essayist Andrew Sullivan, who typically writes from the center, has spent dozens, perhaps hundreds of articles that I respect and often agree with in publications like Time, The Atlantic, Daily Beast, and New York Magazine. I find him to be clear-eyed and thoughtful, but not unfailingly so. Sullivan's blind spots have included, or include today, being an enthusiastic Catholic despite also being openly gay. Yeah, that's pretty weird. You can figure that one out, as it says in the article. His naive cheerleading for the U.S. invasion of Iraq 15 years ago, a stance he has since repudiated. Yeah, but that doesn't matter. Uh, because you, you pushed a propaganda at that time, and that sent, you know, thousands, tens of th thousands of people to their deaths, a lot of hundreds of thousands of locals dead, I mean, in Afghanistan and Iraq. You can't just suddenly be an angel. Uh, Hillary Clinton also voted for the war. This is something that that's a real point to attack her on or attack Andrew on. And the easy virtue he displayed in switching his heartfelt political allegiance from George Bush to Barack Obama, culminating in literally blubbering with gratitude when the latter magnanimously declared himself in favor of marriage equality only in 2012, ages after more principled people had already arrived there. Yes, exactly. And again, you know, people say, well, Obama did this, uh, you know, gay marriage thing. Yeah, but he, I don't think he really wanted to. Look, I, I don't think a lot of the things that he did was not out of his goodwill. He, he in fact, stated during uh, previous, you know, in the years before that, that he was for a traditional marriage. So that we know what that, what that means, okay? And he, he only changed his stance because the public support was very much in favor for that. So then he joined the crowd. So I'm just thinking... Well, if politicians actually listen to the will of the majority, then maybe that's what we should be doing. We should be protesting more. In instead, we see protests in France, and we literally see almost nothing in the U.S. Everybody's on Facebook. Everybody's posting stuff and liking and, you know, putting these uh, emoji reactions. And, and that achieves what exactly? I'd like to know. Seduced by scientism, distracted by materialism, insulated like no humans before us from the vicissitudes of sickness and the ubiquity of early death. I just wanted to read that because nobody talks like that. You talk to anybody on the street, they will never ever talk this way. And that's one point of my show is that I try to explain things in everyday common language because nobody talks like this way nobody says you know seduced by scientism uh, insulated 
vicissitudes of, of sickness and the ubiquity of early death. Nobody talks like that, okay? Just want to make that clear. The post-Christian West believes instead in something we have called progress, a gradual ascent of mankind towards reason, peace, and prosperity, as a substitute in many ways for our previous monotheism. Yes, but it started with polytheism. Everybody was a polytheist back then. Uh, lots of gods in every culture you look across. We have constructed the capitalist system, which is not great, by the way, that turns individual selfishness into a collective asset. No, it, it's very much individual selfishness still. And showers us with earthly goods. We have leveraged science for our own health and comfort. Well, that's for those who can afford it. You have to remember that a lot of Americans live paycheck to paycheck and a lot of people can't afford uh, relatively inexpensive um, hospital visits. So there's that. Our ability to extend this material bonanza to more and more people is how we define progress. And progress is what we call meaning. So again, for him, he redefines the terms. So for him, belief in progress equals meaning equals religion. Uh, fundamentalist religion, no less. If you're an atheist who is stoked to see reason, peace, and prosperity advanced worldwide, sorry, what you're seeing is just secularized husk of a society. And there's no appreciable difference between you and a religious fundy. Yeah, yeah, it depends how you define all the terms. I'm just going off the article. And why it's important to define terms? Because people redefine terms these days all the time. People think it's cool or something. But all that comes out of their mouths eventually is, uh, um, what do you call it, is a word salad. It doesn't make any sense, really, to fight over these things. There's another example that I re remember right now. Right now, the popular thing is the stupid 10-year challenge. You know what 10-year challenge you should be really caring about? Or the only one you should be caring about is the one that is affecting our climate right now. You can take pictures of 10 years ago and now of the Amazon forest, of the ice shelves melting. That's what you should be caring about. Not some stupid selfie fad once again. As if we don't have enough of these already. So this actually comes from an athe the Atheist Republic. So this is probably an atheist or at least an agnostic person talking. And the question here, be before I read this, the question was, is there any difference between uh, religion and spirituality? So, or is it the same thing? So this person said, absolutely not. Spirituality to me is finding or seeing beauty in whatever moves you. That's not spirituality. That's what I'm saying. These people are busy um, spending a lot of time on the internet redefining terms. It's like they don't have anything better to do, anything that actually benefits society. This is, I will read the definition of spirituality in a second, but this to me is not spirituality. This to me is the sense of awe and wonder, which is different from a spiritual uh, experience. Because what is spirituality? Well, so one definition of spirituality, something that is ecclesiastical law belongs to the church or to a cleric as such, clergy, uh, sensitivity or attachment to religious values, the quality of, or state of being spiritual, which itself in a circle to point one, two, and three, really. Another definition is the quality of being concerned with the human spirit or soul 
as opposed to material or physical things. Uh, again, this is, has to do with religion. Um, you, you can't have spirituality according to these definitions without religion. You have to believe in the soul. And I mean, where does that come from? That comes from religion as well. What, do you think just people, people just made up the soul or something? Well, they did actually. Yeah, the soul is made up. I, I don't believe for a second that there is a soul. We have a, a, a body. Uh, we have a brain. Uh, consciousness is in that brain. Uh, actually, well, everything is in the brain. You know, people say uh, we, we uh, experience something with the heart. No, you, you don't. The heart just pumps blood. That's all it does. Everything else is the brain. And that's all there is. In the latest issue of New York Magazine, Sullivan returns to the topic of religion and right off the bat he claims something that strikes me as unserious, cheap and disappointing. Everyone has a religion. It is in fact impossible not to have a religion if you are a human being. Well, uh, sorry Andrew, but clearly it's possible because I'm a human being, or at least I hope so, and I do not have a religion. Never had, never will, unless of course there is you know, unless there is some super evidence, which I haven't seen yet, I'm already 35, so I mean, I've had a lot of years to to see any kind of evidence. There is none so far, but I will change my mind. At least, you know, that's the difference between um, people who are not religious and the religious people, because people like me will say, sure, if you give me, provide me enough evidence, actual evidence, not the Bible, because that's not evidence. Provide me actual evidence that we can test, and then okay. What religious people say, though, is that they will not change their mind no matter what. Have you tried talking to a religious person recently? They're not going to change their mind. It's very, very unlikely. I, I don't think in, in since I started doing the show five, five or six years ago, I don't think even once I changed the mind of anybody. Why? It's not because my arguments are weak or bad. It's because these people don't care. They don't care about this stuff. They, they really don't. They are, con they are uh, living in, in that bubble where no evidence can enter. It's in our genes and has expressed itself in every culture, in every age, including our own secularized husk of a society. By religion, I mean something quite specific, a practice, not a theory, a way of life that gives meaning, a meaning that cannot really be defended without recourse to some transcendent value, undying truth or God or gods. So again, he's redefining religion, which is a problem. I'd never not believed in God. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. These people, they don't know the outside. They've never experienced it. Um, and it's, it's called cognitive dissonance if they do experience it, finally. It's like somebody who lives in a cave all their life and then suddenly you know, some soldiers rush into the cave and, and bring that person above the ground and they experience all the technology and uh, stuff we have today. The, 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 their brain is not going to be able to really understand any of that. Try giving that person a cell phone and see if he can use it. It's not like I chose to believe, it's just that I could, couldn't not believe. I couldn't look at the world and universe and say, this has no meaning, Sullivan said. But there, for the first time, he believed what he thought was the most viable alternative, that God is evil, not that God does not exist, 
but that the force behind the universe is here to hurt, to kill, to force suffering. I don't think there is a force of the universe. Again, I said that on my previous show. Some people believe that there is some kind of, you know, universal divine justice system. Uh, some, some people call that karma. Uh, I don't believe in any of that. It, it, it's a simple explanation that doesn't really have any, any foundation. As for the universe having no meaning or life having no meaning, well, you have to think about that. Um, it, it's pretty simple, this one, to explain. Um, in the terms of the universe, my life or your life right now, people watching, yeah, look, what, what's the meaning there, really? But personal meaning, like you have your personal objectives, you have your, your hobbies, and that's absolutely fine. That's what gives you meaning to your life. Uh, as far as some kind of like overarching meaning, yeah, there is really none. Or I can think of any anyway. And then after a few minutes of his uh, deep existential dread, he heard an intonation, sad and impatient and sympathetic and loving, saying his name, Andrew, Andrew. That's all it took. Upon hearing a voice in his head, an experience that in a non-religious context might be medically concerning, Sullivan was all in for the Lord again. And that's fine, to each his own. Yeah, it's true. But... Uh, Hearing voices in your head, though, yeah. You know what happens to people like that? They usually go to a mental asylum for a good reason. It is not normal that you're hearing voices in your head, okay? So you need medication or you need some kind of professional help. It's definitely not the norm. He was uh, redefining religion. That's why I showed the example of how people redefine spirituality as well. I don't see the point of doing that. It's just all a word salad. It's meaningless. It's a waste of time to do that. I'm not buying his old, odd rebranding of the word religion. While God believers surely derive meaning from their faith, religion and meaning are not synonymous. And although millions of atheists live lives that they justifiably consider meaningful, I'm not vain enough to think my life is too. Honest as a non-humanist atheist, I happen not to live according to some great and burning purpose serving an overarching ideal, which kind of comes back to what I said a while ago. Like every other living thing, I was literally nothing before I was born, and I will be nothing again soon enough. For as long as I'm here, my job is to raise three fantastic young daughters, to become informed, critical, ethical, self-sufficient adults. I try usually with only moderate success not to be a dick. Well, that's nice. Like Sullivan, I scribble, sometimes passionately. I also take pretty photos to provide for my family. And, and you, as a watcher, perhaps, obviously, have other things that give you meaning in life. That's what I said. For me, for example, uh, I wrote my book that gave me a meaning for a while, anyway. It will give me more meaning if people actually buy it and read it. I make videos, I make movies, I try to send them to film festivals. Occasionally, I actually win awards, which is incredible because, you know, I spend... I mean, my budget is laughable. The, the amount that I spend on my films, we're talking like 200, 300 bucks at most. And, and some of them can win awards. And that to me is amazing. But, it, you know, it gives me meaning to keep making videos or keep doing the show. It, it gives me meaning too. That's about it. 
does that add up to an existence full of cosmic meaning? Doubtful. I'm certainly not clamoring for Salvan's approval in any case, nor for his gods. And if that makes me less than human, well, I'm sorry, Sally, and his celestial sidekick feel that way. Continues Salvan. Even today's atheists are expressing an attenuated form of religion. Their denial of any god is as absolute as others' faith in God, and entails just as much set of values to live by, including for some daily rituals like meditation, a form of prayer. Uh, no, I hear this all the time. Uh, first of all, I hear, well, if you don't believe in God, then that means you're following Satan, right? No, we don't believe in either of them. It's like believing in Santa Claus. It's not real. And of course, this other point here, um, yeah, so, so these people say that atheism is just like a religion. I, I actually know one person in particular who said these precise words, and I just couldn't believe it. I mean, like, th this is just so wrong on ev so many levels. Hey, Sullivan pulls out the cadaverous canard that atheism is a religion of its own. Say it with me now, atheism is a religion like bold is a hairstyle and off is a TV channel. There is absolutely nothing about atheism that is religious. Nothing at all. Uh, people who are agnostics, well, they still have maybe some kind of residue of religion, although not really. What exactly, I mean, we don't go to church, uh, we, we don't follow any one book, we just try to use common, common sense, logic, reason. Uh, atheism is a pretty big tent though, there, there's a lot of people there and, you know, I disagree with a lot of atheists. We don't have to, you see, just because we don't believe in a god, that that's pretty much all that the, the rest the rest though is wide open so there are atheists out there who are flat earthers there are some who are anti-vaxxers i could go on and on people who who think the the moon landing was a hoax etc etc we just don't believe in god but every other field is wide open it's true, yeah, you try to find common ground, you try to find agreements, but people are people, everybody's different. In his highly entertaining book, The Seven Types of Atheism, released in October in the US, philosopher John Gray puts it this way. Religion is an attempt to find meaning in events, not a theory that tries to explain the universe. It exists because we humans are the only species so far we can know who have evolved to know explicitly that one day in the future we will die. And this existential fact requires some way of reconciling us to it while we are alive. But does it? My way of dealing with my inevitable death is to face it as a, face, uh, as a fact of life. I'm not looking forward to the end, but I don't know why the prospect of non-existence should frighten me, other than the suffering that may precede it, about which I can presently only shrug, apart from resolving to hoard pills that should allow me to die on my own terms, which that, that's another topic altogether right there. Uh, that death is real doesn't mean that God is, or that we should go in a spiritual quest to allay our primitive fears. Well, that's true, actually. If you go, I mean, my kind of image, right? So if I go to the church somewhere, 
who is the audience there, really? Uh, the pastor and preacher is most likely somebody in, in their, you know, late 40s, late 50s, sometimes late, late 60s. But who is the audience there? Of course, some young people who are brainwashed by their direct superiors, in this case, the parents and stuff like that. And then you have the parents. So these are old people. And what are they afraid of the most, do you think? Are they afraid of um, not being able to find the keys to the car or not being able to, to find, open the door or something like that? No, they're afraid of, of death. That is the, the number one kind of hook that religion gets you by the nose and then drags you. But yeah, like the article says, do you really remember the time before you were born? Was, was that painful? No. So then how, how bad can death be, really? Other than, of course, the suffering that can precede it. Yeah, that sucks. I'm definitely not looking forward to any of that stuff. And I'm only 35 and I already have huge, huge health issues, okay? Like for me, uh, I'm not even thinking five or 10 years from now on. I'm thinking about next year. Uh, will I be here next year? I don't know because right now, uh, my situation is very complicated. Sullivan thinks that natural beauty and the mysteries of the universe are proof of a supreme being's presence. He has walked through a flower garden that briefly seemed eternal. He's heard a rustling in the trees that slipped him out of time into a form of transcendence. That moment, that intersection of timelessness and time is what I always associated with the presence of God. Okay, great, good for you. And for us, for people who are critical thinkers, it, it sounds like nonsense. As is Christian's custom, Sullivan praises God for providing flowers and butterflies and nightingales. The better to slip into transcendence, while neglecting to take the Almighty to task about the existence of intestinal parasites, deadly viruses, and pediatric cancers. Yeah, exactly. This, again, this is absolutely, uh, you know, religion 101. When it's good stuff, you praise God. If it's bad stuff, then God is an asshole working in mysterious ways. Although there is nothing mysterious about being an asshole, okay? We, we are assholes on a daily basis. But yeah, what about the, the, the children who die from uh, lack of food or lack of water every day? Uh, what about the children who, are, who die during birth? What about the, the parasites, all the sicknesses, all the viruses out there? He also doesn't explain why he specifically believes in the Catholic God rather than in Allah, Brahma, or Quetzalcoatl. Like billions of other religionists, he was born into a culture and a family that happens to have picked the correct deity. Isn't that lucky? Once again, Sullivan is welcome to his beliefs. I won't belittle them if he refrains from belittling mine. And that's very important. I, I have these type of arguments on Facebook all the time. Uh, you know, why are you really bothering? Well, that's, I'm going to explain why I bother. If your religion, if your, you know, crazy faith is contained within the, the confines of your home, well, then okay, fine. You can walk naked at home if all you want. I don't care. You can do at home almost anything you want. But 
as soon as you do open that door to outside and you walk out there and you start pushing that on other people, that's when I have a problem with you. That's when you have a problem with me, if I was to do that. But I don't do that. I don't go outside and, you know, start um, pushing atheism on people. I don't do that. I just wanted to add also, it's kind of funny that, um, you know, presidents and governors, etc., they always say, uh, God bless the USA or, or, or the sports teams there. It's always God bless us. Uh, it, it's always about you. It, it's always about this, this selfishness. You are this kind of, you know, chosen nation or something. So then F the world. You don't need to care about everybody else. As long as I'm okay, that's fine. And also the other thing here, and I think that Richard Dawkins talked about that. He said religion doesn't really matter in the sense because it all originates from where you were born and you know, who's your parents, uh, where you, ha you grow up, and things like that. So uh, if you were living in Saudi Arabia, for example, or if you were, let's say, if you were born there and lived your whole life there, then there is a very high percentage that you'd be a, a Muslim. If you, if you were uh, living in India, there's a very high percentage you'd be a Hindu or, or a Buddhist or something like that. If you were living in Japan, then probably none. Or they have the Shinto here, but I mean, that's, that's kind of pretty vague. And, uh, you know, in Africa, it, it's kind of a 50-50 between Christianity and, and Islam. And in America, the religion of choice just happens to be Christianity. But that doesn't mean that it's right or, or the correct one. Or, I mean, you, the people, I mean, I just want to ask a question right now to, to the, the hardcore Christians who may be watching this still. Um, have you ever studied any other religion, really? Uh, and, and I mean, how do you come to the conclusion then that Christianity is, is the true one? That, that is a real honest question I'd like to ask. Because we know Christianity is not the first religion. And so we know that, uh, you know, it's influenced by older religions. So then shouldn't we follow these then? And that's all for today's show. I hope you find, found it interesting and um, educational. If you enjoy what I do, please subscribe to the show and make sure you click on that bell below so that they notify you of any new uploads that I make. Sometimes they unsubscribe people, so make sure that you've subscribed and you click on that bell. Also, please don't forget to check out my merchandise. I have uh, artwork, which uh, you know comes in posters and, and t-shirts. There are a couple of mugs as well, uh, pillows. And uh, please don't forget my book. This is very, this is the most important for me actually. And um, I look forward to seeing you next time. I don't know what it will be, but uh, there's a very high chance that uh, my shows are going to talk about climate change. I have a lot, a lot of articles on climate change to go through. So until then.